0: Hi, I'm Mark. Thank you so much for joining me today on Words of Truth. Have you noticed how out of control our society seems to be getting these days? Have you noticed that? Sure you have. In the United States, people are even issuing warnings of a possible second civil war as political parties fight and bicker against one another. And its citizens clamor to be heard for their particular point of view, and there's no one in sight... Who could possibly bring peace to the nation. I read a report that people who join a particular party, whether Democrats or Republicans, don't do so because they necessarily agree with the platform of that party, but because they don't agree with the platform of the other party. And then in society in general, both here in Canada and other parts of the world, there's such divisiveness happening. Name the subject and there's divisiveness i'll bet if i named a couple of issues in this podcast there'd be some of you whose blood would boil right away and i might even be accused of standing on one side or the other be called names and get a few emails (laughs) so i'm not going to do that but i'm just illustrating how it seems that we live in a world where we can't have a difference of opinion and then have civil conversations about our differences, and sometimes even walk away harmoniously agreeing to disagree on an issue. You see, if we think it's normal and right to live in opposition to one another, it becomes too easy to fill our lives with hatred and anger. We become incapable of offering respect, a listening ear, loving service, and even forgiveness. And that kind of mindset destroys the peace that we as Christians are called to live out. And so today I'd like to talk about how to live peacefully in a diverse world. First of all, remember that as Christians, we ought to be defined by peace. Remember from Galatians chapter 5 that peace is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a sign that God's Spirit is living in us. And Paul exhorts us in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You see, we don't need to win every argument and get people to agree with us to live in peace with people. Did you know that? Living in peace means that it's acceptable. Now listen, it's acceptable to hold a different view on an issue even a different theological view, and still live in peace with people. Now, I'm a Baptist minister, and I hold certain theological views that differ from other denominations, particularly in regards to certain practices like baptism and how to serve communion and the use of certain spiritual gifts or the style of Sunday services and the timing of the events or the end times and the return of the Lord. But you know what? We can hold differing views on those subjects, have discussions about those things, and still walk away as friends. Why? Because we choose to live at peace. In too many cases, peace becomes nothing more than a spiritual soundbite or something we simply hope for in speeches and well-meaning prayers, but ultimately not holding in a lot of reality in this world of ours. And so let's remember that we need to work hard at living at peace because as Christians, well, we're defined by peace. And in doing so, we're committing to living out an alternate reality. You see, when the Bible calls us to strive for peace, that call is to a deep and abiding harmony with God and with ourselves and with the world. And that means that peace begins with a change in our dispositions. A transformation of heart and soul it means that we can step away from outer expressions of discord and unrest both inward and outward in other words as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 26 or chapter 23 verse 26 we need to wash the inside of the cup as well as the outside and that means we have to deal with the destructiveness of feelings of hatred feelings of frustration and intolerance and anger and in order to do that we need to take seriously the spiritual danger of anger what is that danger <clears throat> well anger has been listed as one of the chief vices that can plague Christians the, the Catholic uh, faith lists anger as one of the seven deadly sins and the early church fathers suggested that the way we combat angers through community one author suggests that stepping into community combats the anger latent in one's heart or soul john cassian writes when we are angry with others we should not seek solitude on the grounds that there at least no one will provoke us to anger our desire to leave people is because of our pride wow you see, peace isn't just isolating ourselves from others. And uniformity isn't necessarily real peace. Neither is the absence of arguing peace. I know many marriages who decide not to argue anymore. And yet there's no peace in their marriage. They're just not talking to one another anymore. But you know, real peace means that we refuse to allow anger and... Um, and hostile feelings and and bitterness and divisiveness enter into our relationships in the new testament church this was something they were striving to live out in fact uh, paul wrote about this in his letter to the galatians when he said there is neither greek nor jew slave nor free male nor female for All are one in Christ Jesus. In other words, there's oneness in the body of Christ, and we're called to live life together and to embody a peace that transcends all evils of the world. And of course, what's radical about this is that we're talking about working for peace in the context of a very imperfect world and imperfect churches. Peace doesn't mean there will be no more violence, no more disagreements, no more arguments. Like the New Testament church today, Christians are the most persecuted people group in the world. It's a fact. Check it out. In fact, one state in the United States passed legislation to put Canada on a religious persecution watch list. You heard me right. But the radical call of the gospel is to live differently. Peace calls for a step away from anger and retaliation and revenge. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. You see, part of the thing that makes anger so deadly is that it so often is played out physically. And that's why you see so much road rage and So many people walking into schools and malls and even churches deciding to shoot people. They have so much anger that it becomes violence unchecked. But you can also take revenge, you know, on somebody without doing anything. Did you know that? You can just replay what you'd like to do over and over and over again in your mind. But in doing that, you're not hurting anyone else but yourself and your relationship with God. And here's my last point peace seeks relationship healing and redemption you see as christians we're not called to retaliate but to bless paul wrote in romans chapter 12 and verse 20 if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him something to drink and in doing this you will heap burning coals on his head in other words instead of retaliating Jesus calls us to get to know what's going on in the life of our enemies. We're called to live out the peace that passes all understanding. You know, there's something really profound about how we overcome divisiveness in our world. It's not to separate ourselves from the world, but to enter into community by seeking relationship, not retaliation, healing, not hatred. Redemption, not revenge. You see, the real call for the Christian is how we embody the love and peace of Jesus in the very places that are difficult. As Christ followers, we overcome hatred and evil by clinging to what is good, holy, and loving. And my prayer is that we can be a people who will demonstrate this reality in our world. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.